Hey y'all, welcome to Dog Walk Talk. My name is Wes Blankenship and it is June 16th, Thursday. Slow, slow time of year for the dogs unless you're recruiting or hosting recruits, in which case you're pretty damn busy. I hope y'all are having a great summer. You know, Kirby Smart and his staff don't get a lot of time off, but the one clue I had that told me that they're actually getting to slow down just a little bit is the fact that I saw Kirby Smart at the Braves game. He was caught on the Jumbotron with a beer. And I'll tell you, uh, that's a conversational topic that I've had with many people uh, in this industry through the years, whether they worked with me or, you know, worked in the industry covering Georgia. And, you know, more than once we've wondered, you know, what kind of beer does Kirby drink? Is he a, is he a, a liquor guy? Is he a beer guy? Wine guy, what does he do? What's he, what's he sip on? And, I, you know, I wonder, is he a Bush Light guy, Bud Light, Miller Light? Definitely not an IPA guy, craft beer. We could all kind of agree on that one. Uh, but what's he drink? You know, Michelob Ultra? That seems a little too, I don't know how else to phrase this. Seems a little too Buckhead residential dad, I think, for Kirby Smart. I think he still reaches down to the cooler for something a little bit more impactful, with a little bit more punch, a little bit more gravity, but not too much. Not a high gravity. Somewhere in the middle. And guess what he drinks? A Coors. Coors Light. Yep. He was sitting there on the Jumbotron at the Braves game, sipping on a silver bullet. And the funny thing to me was one of the clips I saw, Kirby kind of tries to hide the beer with his hat, like a teacher, you know, uh, out at the Chili's or something. Oh, don't, you know, let me move my beer before we take this group photo. Uh, someone that works at the Baptist church, you know, don't let, don't let him see me with my beer. Kirby. You don't have to hide the beer, man. You've earned it. Um, later on in the show, we will have Dogs HQ recruiting expert Jake Roos talk about some uh, visits, some uh, potential commitment news, hmm? uh, a recent commit as well, something more substantial. Uh, we'll talk about all that with Jake, some good early returns from the guys that are on campus visiting with the dogs here lately. Uh, one thing I wanted to share today, I spoke with Ray Fulcher, country music artist, on Marty Smith's podcast for Outsider. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, where do you work? Do you work for Outsider? Do you work for On3, Dogs HQ? Where do you, where do you work? Well, On3 and Outsider um, are owned by the same company. So they're sister companies. And uh, for that reason, I split my time between both. Paid by the same company, but I do a little work for Outsider, a little work for On3. So Marty Smith's podcast is on Outsider, and we had Ray Fulcher on. And Ray is a former dog, damn good dog. And Ray is a country music artist, like I said. He just released his debut album, Spray Painted Line, this past week. And before that, he was a country music writer for his buddy, Luke Combs 
Um, had some number one hits in there. Has some acclaim in there. And now he's he's singing, you know, following that Chris Stapleton path. You write, you write, you write, you prove yourself, then you release your own music. And Ray told us a story about his time at Georgia. He was a student assistant for the football team, and then he was a graduate assistant, worked with the quarterbacks. And Ray worked alongside Matthew Stafford. And I'm going to let you hear what Ray had to say about Matthew Stafford and Luke Combs because it's a one-of-a-kind assessment. No one's worked that close to both guys, and both of them have a lot of success. Stafford just won a Super Bowl. Combs is, you know, country music chart gold. Every time he puts something out, it goes to number one on the charts. Uh, ACM Award winner. CMA Entertainer of the Year. The LinkedIn on Luke Combs would be immaculate. So Ray Fulcher's worked with both of those guys. Here's what he had to say about their greatness. There's two times in my life where I've seen something the first time and I go, that's life-changing. That's like something that I've never seen before. They're built so different that there's no way they can't be successful in this. And that is the first time I saw Matt Stafford throw a football. It's when he was 17 years old as a, as a early enrollee at Georgia. And the first time I heard Luke Combs sing. And there's just some things that you ain't going to get in the way of. And I think those are two of those things, you know. And uh, So pretty cool insight there from Ray Fulcher. I did want to share one more story from Ray and his time at Georgia. When he was there in the mid-2000s, as an assistant, Kirby Smart was also on staff as a running backs coach. Uh, you may or may not remember that. But I appreciated Ray's assessment, Ray's uh, recollection of what it was like to work alongside Kirby Smart. Sounds like not a whole lot has changed since 2005. Take a listen. Yeah, so I was I was with the uh, quarterbacks then, and Kirby was with, with the running backs. Um uh, I can tell you this, it was a different, <laughs> it was a different feel in that running backs room. It was, uh, I mean, that dude, that dude is on another level with intensity. And, um, I just remember a whole lot more screaming going on in that running back corner than I remember the year before my first year there. Um, and, uh, you, but you could just tell, I mean, that you could tell from the second he stepped in campus, like this dude's going to be successful because he ain't got no other option. Like, this dude gets it. You know what I mean? And just the intensity and just the, the attention to detail and just the kind of the, the quickness of, of football knowledge and, and X's and O's was just – I always has been on a different level. But um, uh, I do remember there being a quite a bit of increase in intensity in that room when he got there. And I don't think that's ever changed with him. Appreciate Ray's time. Uh, appreciate y'all supporting this podcast, but also check that one out over on Outsider. Just search for the Marty Smith Podcast. It's a pretty fun show. A lot of Southern dad observational humor, a lot of sports, a lot of music. It is a podcast about nothing in particular. The Southern Seinfeld, if you will. It's been called that uh, not by me. People have called that 
called it that in the in the comments and reviews. So it is uh, substantiated. One more thing I want to touch on before we go to break here and hear from Jake Roos, uh, our recruiting expert and analyst. If y'all haven't watched Hustle on Netflix, it's an Adam Sandler film. Um, it's about an NBA talent scout for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's a fictional movie. Um, it blends itself between truth and fiction. And, and when I say that, here's an example. The NBA on TNT crew is on there. Ernie Johnson, former dog, Shaquille O'Neal, and Charles Barkley as themselves. But Kenny the Jet Smith plays an agent. He doesn't play himself. So there's some blurred lines there, but it's interesting. And one other character who is a blurred fictional line, none other than former Georgia basketball dog, Anthony Edwards plays the on court villain of the main character, Bo Cruz and Anthony Edwards. If you've seen him at press conferences, you know how funny he is. He's a hilarious guy, but he can act. And I think that this is this generation's Jesus Shuttlesworth from He Got Game. And when I say that, I mean it's a real NBA star. He's playing a fictional character. And when he's on the screen, he maximizes his opportunities. Um, Anthony Edwards has some phenomenal one-liners. He is a real, real thorn in Bo Cruz's side. And he shares the screen at the same time in a couple scenes as Adam Sandler. And there's not a drop-off in acting talent. It doesn't, it's not like Anthony Edwards shows up and the acting caliber drops off the screen. He's good. He's entertaining. He's funny. And on top of all that, uh, that the Georgia fans will like, it's a good movie. It's a good sports movie. Avoids the cliche, uh, as, as best as it can. Of course, there's the montage scene. There's always a montage scene, always a workout scene set in Philly, so you know there's going to be a Rocky reference or two. Um, but it's great, so check that out. All right, coming up after this on Dog Walk Talk, Jake Roos going to update us on a recent Georgia commit, a potential future Georgia commit, and some takeaways from official visits this summer. We'll be right back. All right, Jake Roos in the house now. Uh, Jake, a lot of recruiting news going on uh, this time of year for Georgia, as we've covered in the last several episodes. Uh, but the dogs got to commit here last week. Uh, what's the scoop on Josh Miller? Yeah, you know, Josh, uh, a guy who kind of burst onto the scene for Georgia, picked up his offer pretty recently, I think early May, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Penn State commit for a long time, uh, committed to them, I think, in December of last year. And so... You know, I don't know that he was necessarily looking to switch things up, but, you know, had some really telling words when it came to why he decided to switch things up and come to Georgia. Um, you know, said this fits me better as a program, felt like he really connected with the coaches. And I think obviously, too, you know, the pedigree that Georgia has at the offensive line right now is uh, pretty hard for anybody to pass up. So it, it kind of all worked together for him. I, I think that, um, you know, this is a pick that, Probably didn't excite a lot of people. Uh, you know, a three-star guy is not going to, you know, raise a lot of eyebrows when Georgia fans are, 
used to the four and five star guys, but I encourage people to go watch the film on Josh Miller. I, I really liked what I saw from him. I thought that uh, he was very impressive on film. Uh, looks really big and, um, you know, an interior guy for the dogs. Uh, great words from his coach. We'll have a piece coming on that at Dogs HQ. Had a chance to uh, speak with one of his coaches up there at Life Christian in Virginia and, uh, you know, basically said, you know, this kid's a, a huge leader for us, uh, a guy who does it all and really spoke highly of what he's able to do in terms of his blocking. He said, you know, guys this big sometimes can be a little lumbering, can be a little uh, slow-footed. He said, this is a kid who can play with finesse, and that's not something you see from a guy this size all the time. So, you know, like I said, I, I understand if people are a little bit skeptical of it, and I, it is what it is. Uh, rankings are what they are, but I, like I said, go turn on the tape of Josh Miller and tell me that that's not a kid who looks like he can play in the SEC. I, I, I would defy anybody to say otherwise. Yeah, I mean, my deal with that is, and a few people brought it up on um, the message board over at Dogs HQ, is, you know, look at Georgia's track record with other three stars. And it's not to say that, you know, our rankings are wrong because they're never wrong. We get the stars right all the time on our evaluations. But uh, I think it's a testament and, you know, something that Georgia fans should look at. If they're not excited, fine, but definitely don't be worried. <laughs> uh, guys yeah. named Jordan Davis, uh, uh, Eric Stokes come to mind. Um, they can take a three-star and, and turn them into a champion. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think with a kid like this, too, you know, I make a point, and I, I think I've made it several times on this show, that Georgia coaches really trust their in-person evaluations. That's the key for them, and that was something that they had a chance to do with Miller earlier this month. He came in and camped uh, at the beginning of June, and I think that they would not have accepted this commitment had he not done that. But having a chance to see him in person, a chance to kind of see how he measures up, how he stacks up, I, I think that, you know, if you trust the coaches, then you got to trust the pickup. And like I said, I, I think the kid showed on tape that he's a really good player. Comments from those close to him suggest that he's got the character aspect as well. Um, and the people I spoke to at Penn State said that uh, they were not very happy to lose him. They were they were quite upset about it. This is a kid that they really like and uh, thought that he has a future beyond just playing on Saturdays. This is a Sunday guy, uh, in their opinion. Obviously, James Franklin and Georgia have a history that goes back to the Todd Grantham days. There's no love lost uh, between that coach and this program. If anyone's going to negatively recruit against Georgia, I would think James Franklin would have a, a chip on his shoulder to do that. Uh, just hypothetically, if, if a guy like him is doing that, what, what's something that is possibly being used against Georgia right now, even coming off of a national championship? I would say it's probably the idea of the depth that Georgia has. It's probably how do you find your way onto the field? Um, you know, they're probably pointing at Stacey Searles and saying, look, you know, Sam Pittman was the guy who got this role in. It's not this guy. So I'm sure all of those factors come into play. And if you're going to negatively recruit against Georgia, you know, I, that's probably what you got to say. But I mean, it's. You get Georgia, you get them on campus at Georgia, and all you got to do is hold up the national championship trophy and point to the wall of first-round picks, and the narrative kind of disappears. So, um, you know, it's it's twofold, and you know, I think that Georgia's attracting kids who have a deep belief in themselves and a deep belief in 
their ability to get out and compete and you know make an impact and and that's what Kirby wants he wants competitors he wants guys who are going to get out there not guys who are looking for easy ways onto the field um, I, I had a chance to talk to another guy in 2023 Sham uh, Sham Umarov out of Denmark High School and he said, look, you know, the message from Georgia coaches was really clear. He said, there's no guarantees about anything. There's no guarantee that I won't start, and there's no guarantee that I will start. He said, it's all on me. It's all about what I do, the work that I put in, and the development that comes as a result. And he was pretty impressed with that message. I think that it's a message that rings true for a lot of these kids who are big-time big, big time competitors. Uh, back to the negative recruiting aspect, it's kind of like the Michael Scott answer in the office where he says, my weakness is... I work too hard. It's not really a negative thing to say at Georgia, you're going to have a hard time making the uh, making a spot on the field. Um, saw you had a prediction come in as well uh, for a recruit that has not yet committed, but you feel pretty confident that he will become a dog. Yeah, uh, four-star offensive lineman. Going back to that Stacy Searles room, and uh, you know, talking about what they're able to do there. Four-star offensive lineman Kelton Smith out of Carver Columbus High School, uh, down there in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, definitely an area that Georgia is very familiar with, given that Del McGee made his name there, right? I mean, he was the guy who was Isaiah Crowell's head coach. And so that's uh, Crowell's uh, alma mater, and um, they've recruited that area really, really well. Uh, Michael Williams last year they pulled. So uh, this is an area that Georgia is well-established in. Dell's a legend down there uh, with all the high school coaches, um, you know, and, and even the community. I mean, he's a, a favorite son of Columbus for sure. So, um, you know, I think, though, that, that Kelton Smith is a guy, again, that, that people probably haven't talked about a lot, even though he's a four-star guy just because he's quiet and he's reserved and he doesn't do just a ton of media. Um, but, you know, the people that we've spoken to say that Georgia really knocked this uh, official visit out of the park. They felt like they were in a great spot coming in. They feel like they're even in an even better spot now. Uh, on the other side of this, I went ahead and put the prediction in. feel really good about where Georgia stands with Kelton Smith and do expect him to be part of this class. I wonder if he'll hold up a bulldog when he commits. Hey, he should, man. That was a classic moment. One of the all-time greats. And I, I, remember, I was still teaching at that time. I was still teaching high school at that time. I remember watching that live uh, on the stream and just uh, the, what a great, great moment that was. Yeah, I was in class at Georgia. I'm not going to say which class I was in uh, out of respect to my professor, but I was keeping up with that on my phone. I think it was one of the first things I saw like on Twitter uh, first. Yeah, in real time, because um, I think I watched like a TV stream of Todd Gurley. Uh, so I guess Crowell would have been before that. Anyways, that was like the first digital recruit for me. And and I saw that bulldog puppy and I just lost it, man. I was just trying to stay quiet in the back of the classroom. But uh, Isaiah Crowell, a, uh, a storied, storied dog from when he was... Uh, here anyway. Uh, last but not least, Jake, as we wrap up, I want to hear about what you're hearing about uh, what's going on with these OVs for the for the guys thus far. What are we hearing from the recruits on Georgia's campus? Uh, what are they liking? What's working? What's the buzz? It's been strong. 
I mean, you know, we talked about it with Arch Manning a couple weeks back and just yeah, the, the hits keep coming. I mean, I think that you continue to hear very positive things coming out of these official visits. George is doing a really strong job. Uh, Sham Umarov, like I mentioned, uh, mentioned that Georgia had gotten the best hotel room uh, of anywhere he's been so far. Uh, they gave him a cookie cake twice the size of his face is what he said. I mean, he was really enthusiastic. I encourage people to go read that story over at Dogs HQ because he gave some really deep insight into what an official visit looks like at Georgia and what they did, how they spent the time. And, you know, I think the message, too, that I'm getting from a lot of these guys is the connection with the coaches and and the genuine nature that they're finding with a lot of these guys. Uh, he mentioned it talking to players. He said, you know, I asked my guys that I was out with my player hosts, what's the deal with, with Coach Searles? You know, like, he, he seems great. Is he different now that, you know, you're working under him? And uh, they all said, you know, the guy doesn't change. He is who he is, and he doesn't have a reason to change. Uh, there's no necessity for him too. That's just who he is as a person. And that's why we like him. And I thought that that was a powerful statement. Um, obviously, Brian McClinnon is connected well with Tyler Williams, uh, one of the top receivers in this class. Chad Simmons already put in his prediction for the Bulldogs to land Williams. Uh, huge pickup if, if that comes to fruition. He's a little bit later down the line, so they'll have to continue to fight that battle. But I think anybody who follows recruiting knows when Chad speaks, you should probably listen to it. Um, so, you know, Williams, though, mentioned one of the most impactful quotes I think that I've gotten out of any of these official visits so far was him talking about what makes Georgia unique. And I said, you know, how do they kind of set themselves apart? What's different? And he said, well, it's about the way they build relationships. And then he kind of paused and he said, but it's not just that. He said, you know, there's no negative recruiting on Georgia's end. They don't feel the need to talk about other schools. Um, they want me to do what's best for me. And, you know, they don't want me to do something because of stats or what social media says. It's where I'm most comfortable and what I believe is best for my future. And that's really rung true with him. And I think it does with a lot of these kids. You know, that negative recruiting aspect, we talked about it earlier in the show, right? I mean, the, and the, the potential of what people might say against Georgia. You know, Georgia could probably take that angle everybody could if they wanted to but the dogs don't feel the need to do that i think because they feel like their product sells itself um and that's a compelling sell man when you're in that kind of position that's a power position to be in and um certainly i think georgia is in that tier right now where we're not worried about other people we're worried about ourselves and uh, these kids especially these high level competitors i mean you're talking about with williams a top 100 prospect in the on 300 at wide receiver, which is not something we've talked about Georgia doing just a lot over the course of the last couple of years. Um, you know, for a kid like that to respond to a message like that, especially given the perceptions around the run game and the, the, you know, how heavily they pass or their offense or whatever, I think that that really shows that Georgia's message is ringing true with kids. I think it shows that they're being genuine with kids, and I think that it's going to pay big dividends for them moving forward. I think that's some really uh, encouraging news for Georgia fans to hear, uh, especially with Coach BMAC in the fold. That looks like that could potentially be paying dividends right. already, and right. uh, especially with Coach Searles. I mean, that it kind of fell off a little bit, but the, the response in the days following that hire, Georgia fans did feel like uh, the dogs took a step back there, but 
you know, from Umarov's lips, you know, that, that's a, a pretty ringing endorsement. Yeah, I mean, both of those guys, I think, have been really impactful. We've continued to hear it about, you know, guys like Fran Brown. Um, you know, I, I think that <laughs> the other thing I'm hearing pretty consistently, and this isn't from the kids, but this is more from the people I'm talking to about these visits and, and the people behind the scenes are saying, you know, they've got log jams at some of these at some of these spots um you know linebacker they've got four or five really really highly ranked names that are are kind of in the mix and that they they feel like could end up at georgia um but how do you fit them all in i mean i was I, the, the phrase i was told was it's like what Pittman used to do he would he would have five spots and show up and Say, all right, you know, I got eight kids. Pick which ones you want. Uh, and, and that's a great problem to have. I think that that's a similar situation with Fran Brown. They want to get these, these um, evaluations in person, get these guys on campus, feel out not only the prospect but also his family, and see who fits overall. And I think that um, it's something that they've done a great job of and, and deserve a lot of kudos for. Excellent stuff, Jake. Appreciate it as always, my man. Uh, hope you have a great weekend, and I look forward to – your prediction ringing true on the recruiting front. Thanks, Wes. Love that insight from Jake Roos. Love to hear what BMAC and what Coach Searles are already doing on staff. Um, I think that's some tremendous intel and uh, just great news if you're a Georgia fan. Stacy Searles was doubted. People didn't know if that was a good hire or not. Can he recruit? The recruit's going to respond. Seems like they are. And it seems like the dogs aren't slowing down right now. Before we go, uh, it is June 16th, and we have 79 days until Georgia football kicks off. We've been doing a uh, countdown to kickoff series over on dogshq.com. Palmer Toms wrote about the number 79 today. We've done jersey numbers. We've done highway numbers. We've done statistical numbers. We've done years. We've done it all. Um, today, Palmer wrote about the 79 yards that Keely Ringo covered in his pick six in the national championship to beat Alabama. And uh, look, I have heard from people on Twitter for months, hey, Wes, you got to do the Coffee Town version. You got to do the Coffee Town version of this call. You've got to dub it. You've got to, you've got to do your own version, do your own call of this. And if you don't know what coffee town is, essentially it's a fictional high school football video series that I made, um, where I portray a, a radio announcer, um, for this high school called coffee town. And, you know, it has fictional characters made up names and everything, but every, every now and then I'll, you know, dub a coffee town radio call over a real clip of something. And, uh, I never really had an excuse to do the Ringo call. Um, mainly, mainly because I had a hurdle. Maybe I could have had an excuse. That, that's a poor choice of words. I could have done it at any time. I could have done it right after the natty. Um, but the main hurdle was the copyright usage of the TV broadcast. You know, I work for a media company. I can't be ripping ESPN's footage and using that for a voiceover, it could get me in trouble. It could get my employer in trouble. It's just not worth it. Um, but what I needed to do was compile clips from you, people that were at the game, people that shot it on their cell phones. 
and dub it that way. So that's what I did. And I'm very grateful for the people that sent their, uh, their versions of this play into me, their cell phone footage. Um, it's from all different angles of the stadium. I blended it together, put my coffee town call on it to commemorate 79 yards and 79 days until Georgia kicks off against Oregon. Um, hope you all enjoy it, and I hope you have a great weekend. And if you are a freeloader, by the way, before I roll tape on this, that's okay. But I would encourage you, go over to dogshq.com, sign up. It's free for seven days. If you like it, it's $10 a month after that. If you don't like it, well, thanks for giving it a try, and maybe you can ask for uh, a gift if you don't want to pay for it. Ask ask for someone to give it to you for Father's Day or uh, for the 4th of July, for your birthday, whatever you want to celebrate. Give Dogs HQ Premium a try. You've got a uh, lot of premium recruiting news, premium columns, premium updates about the team, and a premium message board that isn't just Georgia's message board. You have access to Auburn's message board. You have access to Alabama's message board. You can see what Georgia's rivals are saying about the dogs as they weep and fail to remove them from the rent-free spot that the dogs currently hold in many a team's head. All right, no further ado. Keely Ringo, Coffee Town Call. Have a great weekend. Georgia up 26-18, third and 10. Just about a minute left in the battle game. Tied like your granny at the Shoney's. Trying to sneak one more row before they go home. Bryce Young looking. He's going to take a big bite out of the onion here, and it's intercepted. It's intercepted. Kelly Ringo. Kelly Ringo going to go, go, go. Jumbo Nacho Ringo. He tore through 79 yards quicker than a pack of wild hogs in a subdivision. Kirby down there wanted him to get down. His name's Ringo, coach, not Ring Stop. If Bama had a couple more receivers on the field, they might have tackled him. Keeley, it's Keeley, not Kelly, I just told me. Keeley just got the dogs a Ringo. He is a Ringo star. Just beat Bama like a drum, son. Look at the mower falling out of the sky. Look at the mower falling out of the sky.